Nothing you hear in this program constitutes investment advice. It is an expression of opinion only. This is Frisbees, Bulls and Bears. Talking money and markets, what's happening and why. We talk to the experts, the traders, the investors and the companies they're investing in. You're listening to Frisbee's Bulls and Bears with Dominic Frisbee. Hello and welcome to Frisbee's Bulls and Bears with me, Dominic Frisbee. A reminder that you can subscribe to the show via email by clicking on the subscribe via email button on the left-hand side of the screen. And then every time I upload a new show, uh, an email will magically appear in your inbox. And that is the only email you will receive. Now, I'm currently sitting in the bar of the Holiday Inn in Mayfair with Miles Campion, who is a fund manager for Oceanic Asset Management. Hello, Miles. How are you doing? What exactly is Oceanic Asset Management? Hi, Dominic. How are you doing? Uh, Oceanic Asset Management is a firm that's been around five years. We run a natural resources fund out of Australia called the Australian Natural Resources Fund, which is a good name. There you go. It's a hard name to come up with, that one. It was. It took a lot of thought, that one. (laughs) Um, And we're an open-ended investment company listed here in London. All our investors are UK-based to uh, get exposure for Australian resources uh, through the fund. And an open-ended fund basically means if I sell my shares in the fund, you automatically share, sell your holdings and whatever proportion. Yeah, yeah we have a, a valuation point uh, every day, so you can buy and sell the, the unit on a yeah. daily basis, and it's a T plus three transaction. Okay, now it's been an incredibly incredible last two or three months for uh, resources. It almost doesn't matter which resource, you know, be it uranium, rare earths, gold, silver, wheat, cotton, coffee. I mean, it's just absolutely crazy. Um, have you been selling? Have you been taking profits? Uh, are you uh, where? What? Where do you lie? Yeah, I mean, it, you're right. It has been a great couple of months, but for us, it's been uh, a, a great. Uh, two years since the end of 2008 uh, what we do with the fund we, we take uh, sectorial approaches so at the beginning of the year we were overweight gold um, we could see some US dollar weakness coming through um, and what we've done is uh, as I say overweight at the beginning of the year but once gold went above 1400 two to three months ago um, we started to reduce down to market weight so we're now market weight gold and we've taken profits what does market weight gold mean? For us, our, we have a benchmark. Yeah. Uh, the, the fund doesn't have a hurdle rate as such. It is a benchmark. We have to beat our benchmark, and that benchmark is the top 70 stocks uh, in resources on the ASX in Australia. So um, that benchmark is about 15 to 20% gold. So we've been 25 to 30% gold, and now okay. we're back to market weight. So with those profits we've taken, uh, as you say, the market's had a fantastic run the last two months, and we've gone to uh, overweight cash. We're about 15% cash at this point. I suppose you don't make any money by sitting in cash, so you're always encouraged to speculate a little bit, aren't you? Um, well, we don't. We don't make money in cash. I mean, we make money for um, the net asset value return we get for shareholders. So uh, our idea at the moment is to defend what we've got 
um, through uh, of the cash position. But what we're looking at, as I said, a sectoral approach. We look, we're looking forward into the future. We're looking at copper uh, very seriously at the moment. We're market weight in that, and we're heavily overweight in the uranium sector as well. We see that as a, a very good sector for the next two years. Well, when did you start getting overweight in uranium? Beginning of the year. Um, uranium was $40 uh, beginning of the year. It had been very flat as a commodity for two years, um, but we could see many fundamentals coming into play in the sector in regards to, you know, the natural resources is a very big market to, to play in, and that's why you break it into sectors. In the uranium sector, there's only five or six producers to choose from. Most of those uh, companies have now been... Uh, either reduced to a takeout or sold forward a lot of their production to either the Japanese, the Chinese or the Koreans. Um, and the, the, mar- the market is in uh, supply deficit at the moment. You take out of uh, that market the uranium enrichment agreement between the Russians and the Americans, you take out £20 million, which is around about 20% of the market. And then there is not enough mine supply at this moment to actually cover that demand. Um, I have to say I'm utterly convinced of the uranium story. I think it's a great story, but it relies to a certain extent on expensive oil. Uh, It becomes less compelling in in an atmosphere of cheap oil. The the problem, if you like, with uranium is that it had such a big boom, which ended in tears in uh, uh, early, I suppose, spring 2007 was the the height of the market. And when a market gets that excessive and that speculative, it takes a few years to, 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 to purge itself. Do you think uranium has now purged itself? I think it is. I mean, as you rightly say, I mean... Prior to uh, what I was doing now with, with the fund, I was a geologist. So I was a geologist for 12 years, uh, and I'd never heard of uranium until 2003, 2004, when it started to take off. When did you hear of rare earths? Rare earths about six months ago, because <laughs> that's another one that's happening right at this point. But um, no, it's uh, you know we went from four or five uranium companies. I didn't know a uranium geologist at all, and mm-hmm. I, I've been around the world doing geology for a few, quite a few years. Um, and then it came out of nowhere. And by the end of the boom, we have 400 companies in the uranium sector. Now that's whittled down to about 200 because a lot of them were false hope. Yeah. You can whittle that down even further. What you have to look at uranium is grade, jurisdiction for mining, uh, and also the, the, the size. So you've got to have a longevity. You've got to have at least 10 years of production. That's what the Chinese, the Japanese, the Koreans are actually looking for, and also the Russians. So it's going to become a competitive market. Is the Chinese demand for uranium as insatiable as we think it is? Well, they've, they've, what they've predicted uh, and planning for right now, they're spending over $175 billion. Their current capacity is 5 gigawatts of power. They're planning to take that to 80 gigs by 2020. They've currently got 13 reactors. 22 are being built right now and another 39 by 2020. They need feed. They need feed. That will, that 80 gigs in China alone will basically take out the entire world supply at this point in time every year. Which is about Th- That's the, 20, the 2020 number would take out? Yeah, okay. It'll use about 60 million pounds a year, just China. That's an astonishing statistic. Um, Let's move on from uranium. Oh, just one last question about uranium. Do you, do you buy the metal itself via one of those ETFs, or do you buy the producers, or do you, do you own explorers as well? Yeah, we, we play the entire market. We don't use, we don't play ETFs. We play listed entities. We're a long-only fund. Yeah. Um, so in the uranium space, as I said, there's not many producers to choose from. 
Uh, we're in two of those that we see as good value. But where we're looking next is down that chain of uh, explorer or someone who's in a feasibility study where we can see massive value coming through in the next few years. What do you think of iron ore? Iron ore, again, that had a great run. When I was a geologist, iron ore was boring. It was red rock, that was it. So no one took any notice. But um, obviously, again, China is the key. That has gone from a 60 million tonne importer 10 years ago to a 600 million tonne importer. So the market for iron ore is fundamentally different from what everybody knew it to be for the last 50 years. So it is obviously the bread and butter of resources. And combine iron ore with coal, those are your bulk commodities. And they've been very, very strong there for two or three years. Do you feel any sign of Chinese demand abating? No, I don't see how you can switch off 600 million tonnes and producing 60% of the world's steel overnight. Um, They're growing at a rate of average 8.5-9% over 10 years. That'll continue as well. So if they just continue steady state as they're going and stay at 600 million tonnes a year, we will continue to have that demand. How much a factor has US monetary policy been in this commodities boom and how much is it genuine demand? I'd just like to cave it. I'm not an economist, I'm a geologist, but... uh, yeah, as you said earlier, the last two months we have seen a quite a price spike in most commodities, soft commodities as well, not, just, not that we invest in those. And I think that's been a function of the US dollar uh, and their monetary policy and their quantitative easing. They've obviously signaled further quantitative easing in the next six to nine months, and that will, I think, continue to support commodity prices. What other commodities do you like at the moment at current levels? Uh, current levels, copper. Um, Again, it's a very uh, most commodities uh, are pretty good to look at from the supply and demand side. Fundamental changes in the market. We see the copper market in deficit for the next four years, even with big supplies um, from existing mines coming on board. Um, and what we're seeing in the copper market uh, is not quite sorry the copper commodity price is not really being reflected in equities at this point. Equities uh, have lagged the spot price quite substantially. Uh, copper producers are now producing cash costs at 40 cents due to byproduct credits such as gold. Gold has doubled in price in two years, so miners are seeing their, their actual costs reducing due to the increasing other commodities. So we're, we should see some super profits coming through some of the big copper miners in the next year or two. Um, is there a commodity, the key to which is not China? good question Um, I think probably the only one out there that you could say is not wholly China will be oil and gas Um, but their energy demands at the moment their energy demands uh, as a whole is more than the US now on an oil barrel 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 of oil equivalent basis but oil itself they're still not the biggest market the US is so that's probably the only one that's, that's out there Natural gas, do you like natural gas? Um, Perennial dog? Yeah, I mean in the US terms it's, it's, it's very cheap um, Why is natural gas not done when any other commodity is done? Why is it not done? Well, why, I mean, why is it lagged? So, I mean, it's 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 in a bear market basically. It must yeah. be the only commodity that's in a bear market. Yeah, there's been an oversupply uh, over the last two to three years. Two to three years ago, there was sort of five sixty-six dollar mark in in the US. 
Um, but it's different markets worldwide. The uh, you know the Russian supply of gas into Europe is a lot higher pricing, mm-hmm. um, and also in the Chinese market, a lot higher pricing. So there's an oversupply in the US, and that's where the major market is. So it's in a bit of a bear market there. Okay, Miles, um, give us a tip. What, I, I want to go and speculate in a stock. Oh, so yeah. I go and buy. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we have. Uh, I think my favourite is a probably got across here my favorite sector at the moment is uranium um, we've drilled down into that through those 300 companies and i think there's a standout there in the if you like speculative you're talking say 10 to 15 cent mark yeah okay on the, go on yeah, that's speculative okay yeah sounds uh, good asx company called stonehenge um they're around about a 50 60 million market cap they've got korean exploration and uh they're run by the XMD of Extract Resources, so anybody who's followed uranium over the last three or four years will see the success that's had. Uh, and I think the management team in place and the assets they've got, they should do very well. I like the name Stonehenge Resources. Is that, is that because you, you, you mine the, the, uh, the um, uranium and you hold it and it turns you into <laughs> a caveman? <laughs> exactly. No, they're, uh, it's, what's the code? This code is SHE. I think yeah. that's why I bought it. <laughs> Very good. Excellent. Okay, well, Mars, uh, as we close now, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, um, Oceanic Asset Management? What's your website and how do people find out more about you? Yeah, the, the, the website is uh, oceanicasset.com.au. We're based in Perth. Uh, go and have a look at the website. You can see our profiles, you can see our performance, you can see our monthly, re- um, monthly returns. As I said, we've done very well in the last two years. We've put on 200%. And what's your ticker symbol? Uh, on Bloomberg, I know our ticker symbol is AUSNRFD. Okay. Dot LN Equity. Okay, and you're listed in, in London. Listed in London. Great stuff. Well, Miles Campion, okay. it's been a pleasure talking to you. And, and do you know Ben Elton? Do you know who I mean by Ben Elton? I haven't met him yet, but he lives in Fremantle. I was going to say, he lives around the corner from he does. I think he's one of Perth's biggest landowners. Oh, he is, he is. I mean, he's a bit of a superstar down there now. We've got Rolf Harris over here, we've got Ben Elton over here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mars right. Campion, thank you very much. Thanks, Tom. Frisbee's Bulls and Bears is presented and produced by Dominic Frisbee. To discuss the markets and have your say, why not visit our forum at globaledgeinvestors.com. That's globaledgeinvestors.com. To join our mailing list so you can be updated as soon as a new show is posted, please email info at dominicfrisbee.net or simply subscribe through iTunes. 